Welcome to the Chopping Wood Inside podcast, the Twin Peaks podcast for conspiracy theorists and aficionados. I am your host, Murphy, and I think my friend Tom's out there. Dougie, Hello. do you find me attractive? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still kind of in the loving mood after seeing Dougie uh, get some, uh, and everybody really getting some. Last episode, we had Dougie, uh, Janie E., Albert, Constance, uh, Gordon Cole, and Tammy Preston all getting some loving. So uh, we had to take a couple of days off to, uh, you know, tend to our love and tendencies. And now we're back to review uh, episode or part 11. Um, Tom, what do you got any ideas of what we're going to have to see next? We have no idea. We're com- I'm completely like another Dougie just in front of the television. No idea. What's going to happen? Well, first of all, do you really believe that Cole and Tammy are sleeping with each other? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think that uh, they've proven uh, enough that uh, that they're in. I watched... Uh, episode six again and saw that 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 call to albert when he was talking about bordeaux i think that was her in the background i think that the way he touched her back and they and that she complained about his smoking i think yeah man and it also kind of takes the edge off that one scene when they were looking at her took us uh, because he's going out with her you know what i'm saying it's not just two old creepy creepers leering at a young employee that's actually his girlfriend so uh it might have been just like, you know, college talk, uh, locker room talk among men, like Trump always does, uh, between Albert and Cole. And that was, so it's less to me than just too creepy. It makes, makes Cole seem uh, less uh, offensive out of that scene and Albert just being a schmuck. Well, yeah, Cole obviously has a thing for the younger ladies in the original series. Yeah. He was smitten with Shelly. And uh, not only just because he he could hear her, but... Like Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton dates very young women. And also, I think Lynch has got a 20-something wife. Well, I think maybe he dated or was dating her originally when she was in her 20s. I think she's in her 30s now, probably. That was about 10 years. She was in Inland Empire. Well, but they like, you know, younger women. So anyway, so yeah, I do think that they are dating. Are you... Do you not think the same? No, I do. I do. I think that for me, what cemented it was the the scene with uh, the smoking scene. With um, with Diane, that she seemed when when he actually took the cigarette, took a drag, and she goes, Gordon, I don't think a you know um, his employee basically would have that reaction unless there was something uh, more to um, their relationship than just uh, you know mentor and protege. So yeah, I, I do. Infer, I also infer it because Lynch uh, has a, a nice five second slow motion walk up of her uh, in the hotel <laughs> in episode ten. That's completely inexplicable. I cannot explain it other than uh, Lynch is really just bewitched by uh, you know by Christabel. What well, did you see? I watched that. I've seen it. I've seen that show. I've seen part ten three times now, and I I noticed because I was really watching that scene. I was like, why are they showing her in slow motion? And then she comes up to the door, and. If you notice the outside of the door, like the, the the key lock, it actually there's some camera trickery there. It actually like looks like it kind of jumps up, moves up a little bit. 
Um, it was very. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like you told me to look for that. I couldn't see it, but I wasn't looking super. It was very subtle, very subtle. But I, I mean, I really believe there's something that now. What the hell that means? Who the hell knows? But coming off the scene where you know Cole saw you know Laura Palmer um, <laughs> instead of Albert, like weeping, um, the scene from Fire Walk with Me. Obviously, there's something going on um, in that hotel. It's still room. a very Maybe perplexing the, scene. We're still trying to puzzle that one together. Folks, yeah, well, I think it's just. What, I still don't really understand what's happening. Well, I think Laura, and I've mentioned especially. this. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's Laura. I think she's slowly becoming a part of the narrative. Well, we've had a couple of mentions. But why of her, is she but, visiting Cole and Buckhorn? I thought she'd be visiting like Sarah Palmer at home. You know, something in Twin Peaks. So why, why Buckhorn? Well, it could be one of two things. It could be that Cole is having a vision, or it could be Laura somehow, you know, channeling in to you know, what have you somehow and, you know, relaying some kind of message to Cole because that scene, I mean, of all the material of Laura Palmer from the original series and the movie, why did he choose that one? And it was the scene in Fire Walk With Me where Laura has just seen uh, Bob um, in her bedroom behind her dresser looking for her diary and she takes off and then sees Leland coming out and just freaks out and then she goes right to Donna's house and Donna opens the door, and that's the scene. She goes, Donna, are you my best friend? So my thinking is that since we just saw Albert, right after that, we know that Cole and Albert have a very close relationship. Maybe there's something with that. Maybe that, that's the insinuation, is that maybe Albert can't be completely trusted. Now, whether that was Cole intuiting that or Laura somehow giving him a message, we don't know. But I just think that Laura is becoming slowly more involved in the narrative to at some point, and I, my guess is probably around part 13 or 14, where we actually get to see Cheryl Lee um, actually perform. How do, you're just <laughs> estimating the part 14. You have no idea. We have none of us have Of course idea. I have no idea, but this is preview, and it's not really predictions, but it's just... It makes sense that the and we're going to go into a. We lot just of had these. an episode called "Laura is the One," and we just—that's <laughs> <one> <laughs> just exactly what I predicted. Like that, he's just another little "fuck you," like not happening, buddy. Like he's just going to keep us going. So uh, maybe. Well, that was—it's a rumor just for us to be peak or interest peak. But then in the end, <laughs> she's not going to be a vital role, play a vital role in the story. Well, that was okay. So that was the log lady introduction. Yeah, a symbolic role, but not a vital one. Well, no, I think it's going to be more than a symbol. I think right now it's playing a symbolic role, but I think it's going to but be... But do you think she's really like moving the pieces around the chessboard in terms of the plot? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Or she's just going to be a symbolic, like, you know, good witch Glinda that does some magic shit, but doesn't... You know, she's not going to be a character, right? Yeah, no, I think she will be a character. That's I think that... The the part two where she was in the lodge, she but not like a Dougie character. <laughs> you know, is she going to be zombified walking around like Cuckoo's Nest? Like, well, no, I, I I posited that when she was violently taken from the lodge after telling Cooper that he could leave and then whispering something in his ear, that she returned to our realm at that point. And I think that what she went through might mirror what Cooper's going through as Dougie, that she is now living a life, but she doesn't know that she is Laura Palmer. Now, okay, she's dead, right? I mean, we know. I mean, she said it yeah, herself. We just saw her in episode two in the lodge, so you know. But she's she's alive. She admits. How could she have been in that episode two and also be living a life on Earth like as someone else completely? Is it future or is it past? Well, that's a good we question. don't know. Yeah, I mean, it could be like she. <laughs> it could be that she. <laughs> good tie-in. She returned, you know. 
Yeah, no, I mean... So that, that, but, you're implying that the future and past, like, that there's still a possibility for these time loops and time jumps, like everybody's been wanting them with the 920, 929 mystery over the Matthew Lillard uh, confession note, you know, and whether there's a time jump between Buckhorn and Twin Peaks. Like, do you still think that there is going to be, a, like, a time jump type situation going on? Well, I do. One of the big things that I thought about with, uh, I wouldn't say it's a big time jump, but, and we've talked about this. Um, or, you know, alternative timelines. Yes, to some extent. But let me talk first about the hawk scene in part two where he actually went to Glastonbury Grove um, and he was talking to the log lady and he said that uh, something's supposed to happen here tonight. And then he, he, he actually comes upon Glastonbury Grove and we see as the audience the red drapes. We don't know if he sees it, but I think that he does. And what I'm thinking is that... Um, this is going to be October 2nd. They're supposed to go to Jack Rabbit's Palace at 2.53 um, on October 1st and or October 2nd. My guess is that they're going to go to Jack Rabbit's Palace on October 1st at 2.53. They're going to you know, find something or see something. And then they're going to return, or at least Hawk is going to, from, from whatever happens at that point, Hawk will, I think, know to go to Glastonbury Grove at 2.53, obviously at night, maybe uh, that next day. Well, because there's two dates. There's two dates on that message that Major Briggs sent to Bobby Truman and Hawk. But it says go there to Jackrabbit's Palace at 2.53. Why would he think? Just because he saw the, you know, he's inferring that that's the same. They would have the same open hours and closed hours. <laughs> both lodge portals would be operating at the same hours. I don't necessarily agree that they're both lodge portals. I think that it's more going to be like some kind of like message. And I think it very well might be the location of the coordinates that Mr. C is looking for and Major Briggs got from Bill Hastings. That's what I think. But I, I don't think that we're going to have, uh, I don't think it's in Glastonbury Grove, but I think, and I don't know what's going to happen there, but I think whatever events unfold, transpire there, will lead Hawk to return to Glastonbury Grove that next night at 2.53. And we'll get a call back to that scene in part two. And I am going to speculate that Cooper... Agent Cooper will emerge from the Black Lodge at that point because I'd be giving a lot of thought to his the exit. Gamble. In, yeah, to, to part two. <laughs> That's, I really think. Anything in the future is a <laughs> Well, no, it's. Bold move. I'm not trying. Bold. <laughs> I'm not trying to predict, but I'm trying to put like the puzzle pieces together. And I keep going back to part two. And that specifically. Well, dude, actually, it's funny. I was watching the very end, like that scene, or the scene that you're talking about, and there is kind of like a little they cut to, like when you see the curtains, then you see Hawk. It's almost like he has a look of surprise or something where you could go, well, you know, maybe he conceivably could have gone into the lodge that someone's going to, something big is going to happen at that moment. I could conceivably see that Cooper walks out of it. You know, they were, they were kind of teasing us there. Well, if I you, think. If you know that that's, that's a jump cut or whatever, that that's, you know, in the future, that scene. Well, I know I don't know. Don't. Yeah, no, and no, I don't We're think not any. Really sure. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> but I think that he was supposed to, like, after revisiting that episode over and over again, Cooper was supposed to leave the Black Lodge at two fifty three, and there was a point where he opened the curtains and he saw Mister C driving down the highway during the daytime, and. I originally thought that they were going to switch places, that maybe Mr. C was going to emerge through the cigarette lighter because Lynch kept focusing on that cigarette lighter. And then Mr. C was going to, you know, they were going to switch places. But now what I think um, was meant to happen was that Mr. C was going to return to the Black Lodge, maybe through that cigarette lighter, through electricity. And 
uh, return to the Black Lodge, and then Agent Cooper was going to emerge in Glastonbury Grove, and not at that point, like not in his car. So that's what I think, and that's why I think it's going to be this second night after Jack Rabbit's Palace, that that is where Cooper is actually going to emerge. Now, how that relates to the Dougie storyline, I'm not entirely sure, but I've got And how would Mr. C want that to happen or allow that to happen? There has to be an entire, like, you know, something, some resolution between the two conflicting plot lines between those two characters before that probably would happen, right? Well, yeah, no, I think that Mr. C had set up a series of events for Cooper not to leave the lodge, but to um, actually go to the glass box. And I think that that went wrong for Mr. C's plan, and Cooper wound up, you know, in the purple room and ultimately going through the um, electrical wall socket to like Dougie Land. But the only real problem with that theory is, is that Mr. C, I believe, knew that Cooper would replace. Dougie and Dougie would return to the Black Lodge and Cooper would assume his identity because there were hitmen waiting to take Cooper out at that particular point. But I think that what Mr. C did was he set up those series of events or he had influence in the lodge with the evolution of the arm or the doppelganger of the evolution of the arm to prevent Cooper from leaving the lodge and to going on that journey that we saw and to wind up in Dougie land so he could eliminate him. But I think what's going to happen now is something's going to happen in Vegas with the Dougie storyline, um, which will uh, get Cooper back into the lodge somehow and, and ultimately like return um, through the lodge. Now, I don't know a role in that, but that's what I think those events. So going back to your original question with like alternate timelines and what have you, I think that scene, I think that very well may happen in a couple, uh, couple episodes down the road. Well, that's very complicated, but uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Did I lose <laughs> anyone Lynch, on that? Sorry. It's amazing that Lynch and Frost, like, uh, you know, could create such a complex storyline and just, like, you know, assume that the audience is going to be able to keep up, keep up with it. We have done, what, 16 hours of podcasts, and here we are still, you know, trying to puzzle things out. And uh, it's a, I would imagine a lot of the, you know, mainstream television viewing audience would just be completely confused and would not be able to... Uh, keep up with this but uh hey i, I love it um but it's very it, it's almost like they gave us like the hardest puzzle possible in terms of like being able to understand this new incarnation well yeah giving us no cooper till the end like they're really giving us the you know it's very it's a very interesting ride and i love it but it's like so unique it's like i really have a hard time understanding what the fuck's going to happen yet because we still really don't know you know we don't know what mr c's up to we don't know how the fuck dougie can get become seat mr uh, cooper again it's just uh Every week, every week I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, the Showtime president, David Nevin, said that you're going to have to pay like very close attention um, to the smallest details um, if you want to get some kind of answers. Not, I think, all of our answers, but that is par for the course for any Lynch film. I mean, just look at any of his you know, prior films. You know, the devil is in the details. There's never really any kind of like overt answer. And with Frost and Lynch conceiving this new story over a series of years, I think that, you know, they laid it out. They were, they, I mean, they, they've got their whole, you know, history and, you know, their, their puzzle pieces. They're able to go ahead and, and they took their time and we're now seeing the fruits of their labor. It's like the, the devils are in the detail. They're very small, subtle touches. Um, like if you look at the American girl played by Phoebe Augustine in, in part three, like when she puts her watch up, and it says 253, but there's also like a date on there and it says 101. 
which would I think apply oh, I as know that that's good. Yeah, which would imply October first, right? Yeah. Well, we know these events at least a couple episodes ago with Hastings, and that's with, the day you get into the zone. That's exactly. Yeah. So that's exact another reason time, why. Exact day. Yeah. So I think that there's something so, going. So okay. So if you assume that uh, Ronette, American Girl Pulaski in the lodge has uh, has set her uh, watch correctly to the correct time and date, which you know who knows in the lodge. Why would you bother? You know. So, but let's assume that that is the correct time of day. That would mean that that episode three uh, was in the future as well, which I have not thought about. Is that what your presumption is, or what you're indicating through your research? Um, no, but that half of that part is with Renette with the American girl and Cooper I think the part with the woman who had no eyes was I think the actual present day and time but when she took him outside of that room and we saw that astral plane and that uh, whatever that bell that alarm that we saw with the giant and Senorito Dido in part eight she pulled the lever and I think when she did that that manipulated time because when Cooper went back down to the room, it was a different room. We saw Blue Rose. There was a different number on that electrical socket on the wall, and there was the American girl there. So I think it not only changed the portal, but it changed the actual time as well. So It's also very complicated. Very complicated oh, yeah. stuff here. It's amazing the, the numbers, the numerology, the time, all the stuff that goes in the logic, the precision of being a human being uh, would even matter to these Lodge characters who should have really no association with that or give a fuck about how we consider time to transpire, you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the, <laughs> I've thought about a great many things, <laughs> yeah, my friend, yeah, and maybe too, too much, but yeah, the... The lodge rules in itself, like A, who makes the lodge rules, and B, what yeah, are the lodge rules? Still, the drunk man and the, the little man <laughs> is making all these fucking rules, and we're just having to play by that. We need to go have a revote. We need to like get that guy out of the office. Well, another thing I've been thinking about is I'm waiting, and I suspect that at some point we're going to get. And this isn't really a big, like, revelation or have any great meaning, but um, I think that at some point we're going we're going to get the familiar "Welcome to Twin Peaks" sign. You know, which was at the oh, start. Oh, that would be a nice touch. Yeah. Every episode. We haven't seen it at all, have we? You're right. That's no, and I think yeah. there's a reason why. Because Even it's like it... all covered with like sparkle head, like graffiti, <laughs> just trash, and right. dead bodies. <laughs> it's the wrong side of the track. Stay out. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, I think I've been thinking a lot about like Twin Peaks as well. And um, I think the events that we're seeing in all the different locations, whether it's Buckhorn, New York, and, and Las Vegas, I think that whatever the evil that is existing now you can even go back to you know 1945 with the atomic bomb that we saw in part eight but i think that the the general like symbolic evil um the darkness uh, we're seeing that in twin peaks we're seeing that with the characters in like you know dickie horn we're seeing it in red we're seeing it in chad we're seeing it in like the sparkle queens we're see- seeing like all these examples of like darkness even the log lady reference that the glow is like fading and even the good people like the lucy and andy they're distracting themselves by buying like the yeah, chairs and like ignorance is andy bliss. did have a rolex he did have a Rolex, right? So I think that that's why the familiar Twin Peaks, you know, the, the, the sign, everything that we're familiar with, that what they're painting is that um, the reverse. We're getting the darkness first as opposed to the beginning. Uh, we had the really dark mystery of, of Laura Palmer's mystery, but the, 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 the townsfolk um, were just like learning that. And we were going underneath the surface and their secrets. And we had this like, you know, this this 
this lightness, this goodness on the surface, but just like blue velvet, the underbelly slowly made its way to the surface and infected, you know, the people and the narrative. But I think we're getting the reverse now. And that's why I think people are, the misogyny that we're seeing, the violence, like a kid getting killed and, you know, that school teacher. Johnny Horn just getting horribly. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's something to that. So my thinking is, is that at some point, um, and I think Laura represents the light. Laura is the one that at some point in, in the narrative, we're going to get that familiar sign. But I also think also we're not going to get the sign as we've seen it in the bright daylight. We're going to get it at nighttime. And I wouldn't be surprised if our intro to it is the return, Cooper returning, whether as Mr. C or Cooper, to Twin Peaks, just like he, you know, when he, you know, the, the, the pilot, he, you know, he drove right through town and we saw the sign. I think that was the first time we saw the sign other than with the credits. I think that's when we're going to see it. We're going to see it at night, the darkness, and then hopefully... Mr. C driving through, yeah, the lights, and we get to see it come cruising. At yeah, night. so that's something I think that, that, they, that they plotted out. Now, I could very well be wrong, but um, and it's pure speculation, but it seems like that's how the, the events are unfolding because the narrative of Twin Peaks certainly isn't as strong as the narrative in Buckhorn and or Vegas. And you even posited, which I thought was very interesting, uh, that the events in Buckhorn, you were like, well, why don't we just use those events and, and place them in Twin Peaks? I thought well, that, that was my was originally a, idea a long I time know. ago. I was too late. The train left the station on that one a long time ago. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But I like that. I, I thought that was, you know, that would have been a way to make Twin Peaks more compelling because Twin Peaks, in my opinion right now, what we've seen in these 10 hours isn't as compelling as what we've seen in all these different locations. My hope is, and, and I really do believe that over the next eight hours, it will, and it'll, it'll ultimately become, you know, uh, the, the reason why that we were spending all this time in all these different locations, because it really all boils down to Twin Peaks. That's why I think the coordinates might relate to Jack Rabbit's Palace, because that's a way for Mr. C's storyline and the FBI storyline, and ultimately I think Dougie Cooper, as Dougie, to converge on Twin Peaks. Would that really be that interesting, though? You know, um, what do you us, mean? The, the, as viewers, it's not really an interesting solution that the zone leads you to Jack Rabbit's Palace. Why don't we just go? No, I don't think the zone leads to Jack Rabbit's Palace. No, I don't think well, the zone the coordinates. Leads. Yeah, the zone was just the place where Major Briggs was hibernating. He requested the the coordinates from Hastings and Ruth Davenport, and they presented it to him. But when they did, the others, whoever they are, we speculate the Woodsmen um, and maybe some other entities. Uh, infiltrated and and that's when you know all hell broke loose. But no, the the, the coordinates don't relate to that uh, particular location. I think the the coordinates relate to Twin Peaks, which makes perfect sense. Um, like I said, with all the storylines eventually converging. There's way too many coordinates going on in this story. <laughs> I've never <laughs> used the word coordinates and said coordinates and heard the word coordinates in so much in my entire life. Well, um, well, we don't know what one it bit. Means. One bit of information we got from today's uh, San Diego Comic Con Twin Peaks appearance is that. Uh, I think Dana Ashbrook lets let it slip. He plays Bobby Briggs that he will have a scene with Hutch coming up. So oh, really? There we know that Mr. C's storyline is going to converge with the Briggsian Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department investigation. Really? Okay. Thing. What did he yeah. say exactly? Do you know? I think he just let it slip that him and Tim have ever seen. And da 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 da. Oops, he let oh, that one out. Oh, so that's okay. really the big main clue. There was another well, clue that, like, uh, you know, I think. Naomi Watts like talked about getting her lines or her, her scenes and that the entire time she didn't know that she was going to be working with Agent Cooper or, or excuse me, Hal McLaughlin because they just everything was Dougie. All the lines and every, every scene she was in, she was in with a character named Dougie and not a character named Agent Cooper, which makes us go, well, hmm, maybe that means that uh, 
we'll never see D uh, Dougie become Cooper. Or Janie E at least will never see Dougie become Cooper because it wasn't in her script. Unless the improvised. yeah, that's interesting. Because I thought that the Hutch and Chantal storyline would converge ultimately in Vegas because Mr. C told them that you know there was a doubleheader in Vegas. So and I thought that that would possibly end there. But if they're going to wind up in Twin Peaks, I find that fascinating. Um, yeah, to have those characters there. <laughs> I will, my friend. Oh, I will. Yeah. Well, we were waiting. I mean, we know that it's going. We it's got to happen, right? Mister C's eventually got to get back to Twin Peaks. We don't really understand why, other than these coordinates or the the card he's looking for. What he's looking for is there, which is presumably some sort of portal or some sort of access to power that'll get him back to the mother and make him possibly become even more powerful. Or you know, we aren't sure what his master plan is. But uh, it's good to know that that Bobby Briggs, he was never the smartest character, and he let it slip like a moron. I bet David Lynch said <laughs> him immediately and scolding him for letting that one slip. Us fans enjoy that. So. Well, I think that um, instead of what you just posited, I think, uh, and I think that you very well may be right, but like an alternative to that, or maybe an addendum to that, uh, would be the the maybe the destruction of, of of the good of the White Lodge, because I think that's what, um, even though we've had no reference to the White Lodge, I think that that location um, near Jack Rabbit's Palace. I'm not saying it is the White Lodge, but I think whatever maybe information that they come across clues. Uh, might reference the White Lodge, and I think that well, that's what Major Briggs is looking for in the woods all the entire exactly. time. Exactly, yeah. Blue Book. So yeah. yeah, that's what we've been speculating. And it would make sense that the White Lodge that they, that investigation would continue after Briggs supposedly died in that fire. That the Air Force, whatever you know, uh, branch of of military was investigating that would continue to try to search for the White Lodge. And I would think that if those coordinates were in you know whatever database that Hastings uh, discovered, Hastings and Davenport, that that very well may be the case. So I think that. Do you think we could get some strange, like just the last third act kind of inclusion of like these these uh, guy like who is still running the the Al, uh, way station Alpha or whatever that made listening Briggs post was, Alpha. Yeah. yeah, listening post Alpha. There's some guys, some characters that we may meet that are still there. You know, there very they well maybe, or did they shut it down? Yeah, that's, that's seems a, like we would get into that because it's very close to where Jack Rabbit's palace is, and that's what Bobby Briggs said in the, the episode. So uh, yeah, that would be great if they go into that. I think because I'm very interested in what the fate of that place is. And what they've discovered in the last 20 years, you know, 25 years. Yeah, no, I think you might be onto something. That would be very interesting narratively, I think, that um, um, to have that play a role um, with um, all of these plot elements coming together. Do so, you have a um, plaque of, like, Major Briggs on the wall, or, like a statue, like, out in the lobby because he was, like, the heroic one who gave his life? <laughs> it's like a statue of Major <laughs> Briggs in the listening post-alpha <laughs> coffee room. Well, you know that oh, the opening... <laughs> you know the opening... Uh, the opening credits to every episode, there's that, you know, high shot, you know, I'm sure it's like a drone of some like, you know, like it's the woods and through the mist, there looks like some kind of like building, some kind of structure on top of some kind of peak. And I thought that there's a Twin Peaks. Well, no, no, <laughs> but there's, no, but there's <laughs> with that yeah. building. And, and I, I just thought maybe, okay, I mean, it's not the mill. It's not the sheriff station. It's like, could that be listening post alpha that we're oh, seeing? That's interesting. I've never even seen or noticed that before. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's in the, the, the very first shot of the opening credits. You can see, I mean, it's not very clear, but if you look, I mean, there there is some kind of like building there. So my thinking is that that very well could be listening post alpha. So if that's the case, the very first two things we see in o the opening credits is Laura's homecoming picture and some kind of like, uh, you know, golden circle um, that goes over one of her eyes and then that structure 
And obviously, we know Laura is going to play a role in in this narrative. And if and that's listening orbs. post, and golden orbs, and if that's listening post alpha, that would be you know I think very interesting. It's like there are clues right there. And I didn't think about that. It'd be a little X Filesy though if they did that. If it's about aliens, you know, if it's about like you know, I think that was one thing we've talked about is like whether you know the FBI and Gordon Cole really understand that there's a Black Lodge out there or not, or they're just chasing these alien unidentified you know whatevers. You know what Blue Rose is, whether they're deep into the lodge. I would think that they would have you know discussed this. You know, during after the original, uh, you know, when Scoop goes out of the lodge, I think like they they would have been very much in touch, especially after Major Briggs supposedly died. And researched all this stuff and known about, you know, at least interviewed Hawk and Truman about the lodge. They would have gotten the, the download there. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You would think that if an FBI agent went missing, yeah, they'd that, fall down their job if they didn't at least they would, they would go at least know about Major Briggs. Wendell Merle died. <laughs> Annie's dead. Coop went crazy. Yeah, Major Briggs died. That was a, that's an FBI scene waiting to happen. So well, yeah, because they, they come in and it's not just are just completely startled like Black Lodge. What the hell? You know, I think like. They would have known if they had done their, their police work, uh, you know, probably about and heard about the Black Lodge by now. Well, they didn't know that Wyndham Earl died. I think, you know, once the events in the Black Lodge, I mean, I think that Bob took his soul. And you think Cooper was debriefed after he came out of the lodge? Like the FBI debriefed Cooper? You mean after the end? Like uh, bad end Coop? Of the orig- the bad? Yeah. No, I think he just, I think they took him to the hospital and he, uh, he sneaked into the ICU and then after visiting and then visited Major Briggs and then he was gone. Poof. He just So he just went on the lamb and he never showed up for work again. That was it. No, I mean, but he very well could have visited Diane, you would think. You know, I mean, that's another thing that I think we need to talk uh, well, about. Well, he did, obviously, yeah. Well, one thing Diane, I wanted... Let's talk about Diane. Like, we, Diane okay. is still seeping into our brains and worried about her. What do you think? Well, I mean, the fact that Albert said... She broke bad and we're scared. <laughs> we're <real> scared. <laughs> I think that... Her message, the the message that Albert reads is they have Hastings and he's going to take them to the site. So she knows of Hastings and uh, because she didn't have any reference to Hastings. She didn't know Bill Hastings until um, she went into the interrogation room and the um, yeah, text message. Philadelphia. Well, yeah, she's from Philadelphia. She's Baltimore. Where, the, where is she from? Well, I think her, she's, she lives in Philly, right? I think Albert even mentioned that, like, you know, she's in Philly. So, but uh, that text message... Yeah, how the fuck message, would she know Bill Hastings at all, you know? No, she wouldn't, I don't think, because that text message that Mr. C sent her had 1109 on it. But I think he sent that text message to someone else who forwarded it to Diane, and, it, and Albert said she received it at 1113, so there's like a four-minute gap. But I think that she got Sometimes that Sometimes when message. I send text messages, it'll be a four-minute gap, for sure. <laughs> well, especially if it's coming from a provider, Mexico yeah. server, right? A server <laughs> of Mexico. Yeah. But I think that she sent that message probably right afterwards, um, instead of like you know doing it after the uh, the interrogation scene with Hastings. So that would insinuate that she know she knew of Hastings before actually watching that interrogation. Now, as to or maybe she was just being asked to observe the conversations lively around the dinner table, like check out and tell me what is happening. And so she reported back Hastings is taking to the site that you know whatever like that she didn't know, but she was just simply being a reporter, a mole on the inside for for Bad C, Mr. C. No, that that very well. No, that very well could be the case. But just saying they have Hastings, like she would have, you would think that she would have to have some kind of prior knowledge to like these events here in Buckhorn. Uh, because then she would probably just say like uh, they have that guy and he's going to lead them to the site, the zone or whatever. So the fact that she said Hastings makes me think that she knows more um, yeah, than yeah. than she's leading on, obviously. But yeah. 
I don't think that she is in cahoots necessarily with Mr. C or has been for like 25 years. Because even if she has, I would assume that it she she would think that it's Cooper and not you know you know Mr. C, but you know Cooper with the you know, Cooper's doppelganger. And I think maybe that was the big shock during their scene together is that maybe they were in contact all these years, but this is maybe the first time they've been face-to-face in such a long time that she realized, and that was what scared her so much, is that it's not the Dale Cooper that I, I, I know. And that if she was supplying him with information of some you know, caliber, some sort, that, that she felt like duped. Like, who is this person here? But yet here she is still sending another message. But I did think also that since Jeffries is 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 in this with Mr. C somehow that and was also an FBI agent that Diane back in the day would know of Jeffries I think because she knows about the Blue Rose cases that maybe Jeffries contacted her at some point and that she's actually giving him information like Albert did back in the day. So it's all so complex. It's almost like they've got to have another season, right? <laughs> to explain all this stuff. How can they explain all this stuff in however many episodes we have left? Right. I mean, it really does seem like in eight hours, how are you going to... I don't like the idea of Mr. Uh, Philip Jeffries being an intermediary between the two of them, but it also just makes me look back at that original scene where she, she meets him in the, in, the, in the jail. It's so emotional. Everybody's like, oh my God, now we have like a great female heroine. You know, not just like these characters that are just like, you know, two-dimensional female characters. And now if that scene wasn't genuine if she was faking it somehow that really adds another dimension to that completely no it does and that's what i was just trying to imply is that um, the man that she knew all those years ago isn't the man that she's seeing right there but if they had some kind of contact over the years that she was supplying information to someone who is not dale cooper and because i think that she's more gray not black and white like you know on the side of that like you know the fbi and good or like completely you know villainous she's like miss scarlet and clue she's just trading in government secrets don't get me started on clue my friend i've seen that movie <laughs> 350 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time i love that movie. yeah we'll have to do a podcast on one day go ahead sorry no 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 not, not all i can think about is clue no um so yeah i think her character is going to be more kind of like caught in the middle just like i think albert is going to be caught in the middle. I just think that I don't, <laughs> still not going to buy into um, your theory that maybe he was the one on that phone call in part two, but I think that he knows more than he's letting on uh, to to um, to Cole. And I just think that they both loved Cooper. They, they, Cooper was such a great character, such a great person. They just, and, hang out, they just held on too long believing in him and they just went, he broke totally bad. And so that was it. They feel bad, <laughs> but they're still, but it doesn't still, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, what happened at their house? What was all that about? That whole fucking story. You mean Diane's with, house with Mr. C. Well, yeah, I don't know. The yeah. Story that she, yeah. I mean, that seemed really genuine and real. And if that was not sincere, you know, why even add that in there if she was faking it? Well, no, I, I think that, no, I, obviously that happened. I think that it cast it happened. Yeah, that has to be real. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I it is. No, I think I agree with you. I just don't think it's a sexual assault. I think I think it's more to, to uh, maybe what's what, what's unfolding now. I mean, we don't know why Diane left the FBI. I mean, did she leave the FBI because, you know, her boss, Agent Cooper, like never returned? I would think that she would just be assigned another agent. So I think that there's more to the story, and I think that we're going to get, especially since this is Laura Dern playing the character, that we're going to find out more about her backstory. And I don't think it's going to be as, as clear-cut that she's actually a confederate of Mr. C and um, you know is doing his evil work for her. But one thing I wanted to, to mention, um, 
since Mr. C has access, maybe she's to just the, looking out for herself. Yeah, that's that's an interesting theory that she's not you know really in cahoots with him, but she's somehow getting something out of this by helping him out, getting money, getting some you know whatever she's doing. This is her job, whatever. Because what does she do now? You know, she's out of the FBI. What's her, well, no, I mean, she's got a nice apartment, and uh, she doesn't seem to. Well, she could be employed, but um, yeah, I mean, I was speculating she that maybe like she like, would have her own business. She's doing something, I would think. She's not just going to be sitting around, right? But then again, she's also wrecked. She's a wreck. Well, she's, she's a she knows wreck. where she's she always been a wreck. She's always been drinking and smoking and going crazy and being pissed off. And there's, you know, she in a, a moment of crisis here that we're seeing her. That's all ties back to Mr. C. Well, no, I mean, it could tie back to that scene, you know, from when they had, you know, where he visited her house and shook her to her core. But, I mean, what we know of her is that she visits a bar like almost every night and she has a stable of, of male suitors. Um, so it doesn't like there's been no mention of her workplace. Like Cole didn't say like, hey, do you know where she works? You know, it's like, no, where she lives. And Albert said, I know where she drinks. So I'm thinking that she's getting money somewhere. I mean, she could have a job. We don't know she's that. She's got a hustle but, of some kind. Yeah, she's got but she's obviously involved in something here. And it could be that she's being paid, you know, handsomely to do it. But I wanted to mention very quickly, uh, Albert or Mr. C having access to the FBI database. And I would think that once Cooper went missing, that they went ahead and changed all his codes He's not using Cooper's old codes. So he's using someone's, like, you know, uh, password. And that very well could have been Albert giving him, like, whether, you know, his information or a dummy password to get into the FBI to access. And if Cooper's had, or Mr. C's had access to the FBI, like, you know, uh, database for 25 years, then he knows all their fucking moves. He knows everything. And that could be another reason why Albert is not, like, now being uh, totally honest with Cole because if he is, then Albert's in deep shit. Well, now you're finally coming around to my Albert's a bad guy. He's, he's doing something corrupt. He's, he's uh, not a good guy here. There's something sneaky going on. I think it's you're more into like... It. You believe it now. Good. I think there's more like... Uh, it's more in the <laughs> Now middle. it's definitely not going to be true. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still think it's going to be true. I, I still believe that Albert's going to play a pivotal role and that, you know, we were even talking about maybe Albert's going to die in this and that would be a great way to go out. I'd like to see Albert go out in a blaze of glory, especially considering... You know, Miguel Ferrer passed away. You know, right after this. Yeah, no, I agree so with I, you. I think, I think some there's going to be some major character is going to have a death. And you talked about the the death pool like last. I'm week. thinking. I think I'm thinking Lillard may not come back from the zone when they think they, they take Lillard <laughs> out of jail to go to the zone. I don't think he's going to be fit going to trial. He's gonna, his head's going to pop off, and there he goes. Something happen. No, I agree with right? you. I think <laughs> I agree <laughs> with you. Yeah, I think there's there's more to the the, the Bill Hastings character, and uh, I very well I very much hope that we're going to get to see what are the that odds. There's going to be a city in the in the zone. A city in its own? Because the city's been following him around, Bill Hastings, the entire fucking season. Well, yeah, they, they're in Buckhorn. And I think that the, the others that were in that um, hiding place where Major Briggs was, um, I, I took as, as being the woodsmen, the cities. And uh, I think that maybe we're going to get, if they're going to go to the zone, we might get like a city invasion. So, um, and maybe Hastings is the victim. I don't know. It's not going to play out like this. Is is like I mean, we keep going to the John Woo movies or whatever. But uh, I think that uh, there's something Lillard's character. He is kind of a tragic character. I mean, I think he's kind of a pawn in this. I don't think he's been as like honest to everyone. But I think he's probably like a good person at heart. But he just got caught up in like you know all of this like you know uh, this otherworldly you know stuff going on, and it's it's too big for him. And I think ultimately he's going to have some kind of tragic ending. I don't think it's going to end very well for him. 
Yeah, I don't either. I don't think it's, that'll be great for us to watch because I think a tragic ending would be great, great viewing, but not for his character. Yeah, I would love to see a a Lillard death scene, a la Ray Wise, Leland Palmer in episode sixteen of the original Jesus, series. Jesus, they really he really amped up. He was at eleven uh, during the confession with Tammy. That would be like a fourteen to see him go down. That would be hilarious. Right, probably take five minutes. I wouldn't mind. Well, so we've been talking about this subject, all these the the Mister C stuff, the Buckhorn stuff. Like, what else should we talk about? Like, one thing I'm interested still in is like, who the fuck is Mister C talking to in that picture? That guru scientist, mysterious character. You know, like I was thinking, like, wasn't like, didn't Matthew Lillard's or Bill Hastings' website reference some like Heinrich, some scientist thinker that he was, you know, basing all of his theories off of? Yes. Um, Yes. Yes. But what do you think about that? Guy? Well, I mean, I think, like, you know, from the narrative, I mean, that was obviously that's part of the, the website. Um, but through the narrative, I think that, first of all, I thought maybe the billionaire. But this this person, doesn't it appear that this person is, is levitating, possibly? Like, in sitting no, in a yoga I mean, it position? Looks like he's sitting, it looks like he's sitting on a chair, like a stool of some kind. And he's, he's, he's wearing a, a full lab coat down to his feet, and he's, like, sitting on a stool, I think. And, is and it a Cooper lab coat or a trench coat? Well, no, I think it's some sort of lap cut or some sort of almost guru like robe or something. I thought he looked like a guru like Gandhi or something the first time I saw him, which I thought would be cool if he actually was. Well, I saw a blow up of that picture and um, he's holding something in his hand and it looks like he has some kind of device in his ear. And also, originally, I thought there was a third person um, just behind behind him. You can see like what looks like a, an outline of another person, but... Um, uh, this this guy on, on Facebook who's uh, was very helpful. I think his name is Frank. He said that uh, if you look closely um, to, at the outside of the glass box, there's some device that's connected to it, and it looks just like that shape. And I think he was absolutely right. I don't think there was a third person there because if there was a third person there, I would have put money on Philip Jeffries. But I think it's just the two. Now, who this person is, he very well could be. The that would have been a good way to drop in Jeffries, just a picture of like you know Photoshopped to like David yeah. Bowie popped. Oh, right? there you go. Yeah. There it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. But uh, he obviously is either I think the the person who constructed the glass box and put it all together. Um, and it very well could be this person that you mentioned in, in the web, that was mentioned in the website, or it could be uh, the mysterious billionaire, or Mr. C could be the mysterious billionaire. Um, I don't know, but I, I don't know where that's going to unfold. I do know. I mean, I could I could go into um, like the reason why that was constructed, and I already kind of did with with Cooper's journey. Um, but I think there's more to that than just. Like spec or just hoping that Cooper is going to wind up there and trap. I think what we talked about originally was that since we saw the the monster in the box, right? That that Cooper was supposed to be trapped in the box with the monster. But I don't necessarily agree with that now. I think that it was a way for Cooper to go into like the other the purple room and ultimately into the portal which led to Dougie Land. And I think that the glass box, whether it's mother or not, and it actually broke through and killed Sam and Tracy. And I and we don't know where that spirit is or whatever the Yeah, the, do you think it went is. back do you think it's running loose in the world? Like or it's like went back into its time portal. Like it, well, or, no, I think I'm saying it's, like that would be crazy if the if the mother is running rampant through uh, the United States on the earthly plane and so is Bob if Bob is on the loose from Mr. C then when those two guys could should hook up and cause some real mayhem well yeah no I think the way what if they I'm, like each other who, is, that, is that his mother well, very well, well I mean she uh, actually if that's the same creature that appeared in part 8 that vomited all the eggs and the Bob bubble 
then I would imagine that Bob is, you know, of that creature, and that very well, you know, could be true. But um, it's his mother. <laughs> I bet she thinks he's a very sweet boy. Yeah, she's probably very proud of him too. Well, he's done a good job. Yeah, know? he's done a great That's job. A he's made a name, quite a name for himself. Yeah, and he looks damn good. <laughs> you know, that, the... Are we ever going to see him again? What the fuck? Where is he? Who, Mister C? Bob. Oh, of course we're going to see Bob again. Yeah, Dude, they've done a fantastic so. job of incorporating Frank Silva, Frank Silva, um, into these scenes. Um, whether it's just the mere reflection or the Bob bubble, um, or you know the the membrous mem kind of like whatever the the womb within Cooper. I think it's been they've done a fantastic job. Um, I still like you want to see a, a scene, a proper scene, if they can do it, of Bob like kind of walking around. Like he did in the original series, because that's always the creepiest Bob for me, more so than the reflections. But yeah, uh, you've thought like, do you so okay? A lot, I think the consensus out there is that people think that Bob has left Mr. C. You still do you still think? Is that last time, our last pod? You thought that Bob was still with Mr. C. What yeah, think? I still think he's still with Mr. C. I do. I don't think he's still out there because with, what I was saying with the monster in the glass box, um, it, it like it actually being outside of, of the box, and and I, I think it would represent like this pure evil. Kind of like Bob, but you know, even more so. And I think for right now, for me, it's more metaphoric because that was one of the very first scenes in, in the series. And we've had so much darkness and, and so much evil and not a lot of light and good. And I think that for me, it, it, it means that that, that that represents and is affecting our narrative and our characters and something is going to transpire to combat that whether it's Cooper or Laura or both or Briggs or the giant I do not know but I think for me that's what it means is evil is unleashed you know I think David Lynch's you know like very spiritual you know the unified theory you know the, the consciousness all this stuff I think that that for I'm not saying that's how he believes or what he believes, but for me as a viewer, that's how I am taking it because there's been no other mention of this monster. I mean, obviously, it's, there's not going to be like an APB put on this monster. We don't know what it represents or what where it is. Can you imagine how befuddled the New York Police Department is if they're still trying to solve this one? <laughs> right, right. Are well, no, he leads on that one. Well, there's another uh. thing with that uh, photograph. It says on the photograph when Tammy presents it to Cole. There's a number at the bottom, and it looks like 003. And the 003 actually looks like Bob. But it says 003. Oh, yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, what does that mean? Do you, it's, that's, what, a wouldn't you, that's a reach, right? It's, it's three. It's, it's 003. It's not Bob, is it? Wouldn't that mean like that's the third photograph that they took from those cameras? Or third print? Yeah, the negative. Perhaps. Well, the first, I think the first photograph was the uh, the the image of the monster in the box when, when Cole saw it. He goes, what the hell? I think, and then this one, but then I was thinking like, well, if that's the third one, where's the second one? But obviously this one <laughs> would have been way before that. Because I think Tammy even said it was on an earlier um, chip or card or whatever she described. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 you know, after eight episodes, we finally get a call back to New York City. So I think that we're not quite done with that. And I still think that we're going to get the billionaire at some point, whether it's Mr. C or not. Well, and what, what about the Great Northern Hotel? Is something going to come of that? That's what we love that, but I'm not sure. You know, I still think it just could be plot lines for, uh, you know, Ben Horn's Amherst. So, you know, it's not going to become come to much. Even though Jerry in the woods looks very damn suspicious in terms of having some lodge activities going on in that old noggin of his. Well, I think that this is like these events um, are affecting 
the citizens of Twin Peaks. I think Ben is caught somewhere in the middle. I think Jerry is is caught in some kind of like netherworld. He's completely lost within the woods and, and slowly like losing his mind. Um, why we're seeing the horns so much, um, I, I'm not questioning because I love the brother's horn, but um, I don't know if we're going to get any kind of major resolution because it's not built into the narrative. Really, the only solid narrative in Twin Peaks is the investigation by the police with first the missing pages from the log lady's message. Isn't that why the whole town's gone to hell? Because they're sitting there spending time on the missing pages investigation and they're like hunting down nickels and all this shit. <laughs> it's a sparkle fucking right. epidemic outside on the streets. Madness, murders, mayhem. Well, no, I mean... They need, to, they, need to get, they need to get their shit together. Man. Well, one thing I was thinking, because uh, everyone's talking about Audrey, like where's Audrey? And if, if, if Dickie Horn, little Dickie Horn is the son of Audrey, and we know that... You know, he just, you know, beat, not beat, well, he assaulted his grandmother, Sylvia, and took off with all of her money and said he was leaving town. I would suspect that he might make a stop, if she is his mother, to Audrey, who I, I really think doesn't live in Twin Peaks. Because I think if she lived in Twin Peaks, we would have seen her. I think she lives outside of Twin Peaks. And I think that would be a good way to, to build her into the narrative. I still think it's going to be tied to Cooper in some fashion. Didn't we hear like that there might be some Los Angeles scenes? Would she be in Hollywood or something? Well, they shot locations in LA. Yeah. Well, they yeah, shot it. Shot a lot here. But yeah, but I don't think that. I think that. I think a lot of the stuff in Vegas is standing in for. Um, I think the Cali- They shot in California, but it's it, the the Vegas is a stand-in for that. I don't think that there's going to be like a title card that says like Los Angeles or Hollywood. Now, well Wasn't there be, also but, the rumors that, that we might have a Texas scene or something like that? As well, no. There's something. Didn't Cooper I, have a Texas license plate or something? We were speculating back in the early days that there might be a. We might have found Laura Palmer in her new incarnation in Texas somehow. Maybe, yeah. This is pure speculation. It's not um, based on one license plate. <laughs> based on a, yeah, based on a license plate. Yeah, it's not <laughs> stolen car, no doubt. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I, I no. I mean, I that is um, something that um, I think was spotted um, during the production. But that, who the hell knows? That could just be, a th- there's no, we don't know if that's going to, like there's the cameras, if that's the case, if there's a, a car with Texas plates, um, if it means anything. Um, you would think that it would if they're, you know, the locations are obviously in Nevada and, and South Dakota and, and, and Washington State. But um, I, I'm not, you know, completely sold on that. So I, I don't know. We don't know yet, basically. So. Well, it kind of goes back to that mystery that in the beginning, you know, we all saw the previews for Twin Peaks and we saw that they only had a very sparse amount of cuts and character shots. But the, one of the ones that they main one they should was Cooper driving in the car in the black suit at night. It was very mysterious. And we were wondering, ooh, where's he going? What's happening? But now, you know, with all the goings on of the last few episodes, you know, my, I'm not even sure that's really Cooper. That could be evil Cooper, Mr. C, you know, um, pretending to be cooper i think it is i think it is mr c oh man well i mean it's i mean it, it makes sense to me that um like i said all the plot elements the stories are going to converge on twin peaks and um i think that uh mr c isn't going to i think at some point um since he's on the loose right he's he's actually a felon 
he's a wanted criminal and you know he's going to want to do like you know he's going to change his appearance because they're going to put an APB out on this long-haired guy wearing you know Sailor Ripley's outfit from Wild at Heart <laughs> and I think that he's going to adopt a different you know attire possibly just like Michael Madsen on the loose and I, <laughs> I can see the APB out for this guy uh yeah but, uh, and it would be interesting to have the two characters, right? The Cooper. You see them; they look exactly alike, but you don't know which one you're seeing. I, I like that as a as a visual um, in the narrative. Fear the double was it? Fear the double. One of Bart Frost's little Easter eggs he put into something in the beginning of the series that we uh, were all freaking out about. Somebody yeah. was like looking at actually the, all the books in the bookstore of some scene in the bookhouse or wherever the hell. What was that? It was the um, in the secret history of Twin Peaks. The uh, bookhouse boys. Each one of them, I think, um, had like a favorite book. And there was a lineup of all these books. And then I think that if you held like a mirror up to the, the numbers, like certain numbers, like one, three, and eight, um, the first title of those books was Fear the Double. And I think it was like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, I don't know what the was, but the other one was Double Indemnity. I Big Sleep. Maybe the big sleep, yeah. But so yeah, fear the double, yeah. So um, well, he'd be that, really he'd be really scary if he uh, ends up becoming a Mr. C double exactly, and you can't or a, a Cooper double, and you can't tell who he is. And if you yes. can somehow act like Cooper, see what about that? If we, everybody wants to get the you know all of his like good all the Cooperisms, what if we start to hear Cooperisms finally, but they're coming out of Mr. C pretending to be Cooper. Well, there's also, there's also... That'll be another fuck you that Kenneth Lynch would give us. You want it? Okay. Well, except it's from a different guy and it's all fucked up. Yeah, that would be cool though. I'd be into that. Well, I also, what do you think? Do you think it's going to go that far? Because you're, you're, you're under this presumption now that this is going to happen. Do you think he's actually... Because how would he have to go into town pretending to be Agent Cooper? You know, blowing whistles and carving whittling and doing all kinds of fun things, eating pie and just like laughing and eating bacon and just being a positive dude. Do you think he could do that, Mr. C? Uh, I, no, I don't think he could do that, and I don't think that he will. <laughs> it's not I think he's. I think he would still be uh, deep undercover. I don't think he's going to be. You know, it'd be a great if, acting. For, it'd be a great acting exercise for uh, Kyle MacLachlan, right? Mr. C as Cooper. You know, what I'm saying he's playing multi in disguise and disguise and disguise. That's kind of cool. <laughs> no, I so don't, you don't think that's going to happen yet. I don't think that's going to happen, and I think one thing that I, I, I'm not. But he was doing the thumbs up, like the thumbs up. You remember in episode four? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See. He could do it like awkwardly. That would be really funny. <laughs> I, I hope that happens actually. Well, I don't. I think that I'm into. Uh, I, I want to. I, <laughs> I don't hear you laughing. That's, that's that makes me laugh. Just the idea. I tuned you out two minutes okay, ago. Sorry. I'm go sorry. ahead. Yeah. No. Um, uh, I think that there might be some kind of. Um, I wouldn't say like. I want to say that both Co like Cooper and Mister C like since we're dealing with like you know you know Cooper and his doppelganger and Cooper doesn't really we know him as Dougie right now he doesn't he hasn't woken up and I don't think I really don't think that anything's really going to like wake him up or can wake him up unless somehow either Mr. C his doppelganger um, is is removed from this realm or if they confront each other and by confronting each other I mean like kind of like becoming one again and having the struggle be internal See, I don't think it's going to be some kind of like physical, like you know, battle of, of, of altercation between the two of them. It's going to be like kind of an internal struggle where the, the the Cooper, as we know him, is going to have to face 
his shadow self like he did in the original series and he failed which you know led him to be in exile for 25 years and i think that somehow he's going to know if he's going to have to regain his his identity that he's going to have to confront him and i think it's going to be done like as an internal struggle somehow so that person that we're seeing like you're mentioning driving into town we're speculating it very well could be mr c it could be cooper it could be like both of them it could be them somehow merged i think there's so much more like weirdness like on the horizon i don't i mean we've just had two hours after part eight where it was like relatively normal for like you know for david lynch and i think right now we're getting very close again to him just like you know turning the turning the you know the dial up some more for some serious like you know weirdness and i think that might be one of the things that that we see those two characters because they they just they've done this since the very beginning that have like these what we think is going to happen like just obviously isn't happening they've just had all these like curveballs they've thrown at us and it hasn't all made sense but i think that now somebody do you think there's going to be a scene where dougie actually speaks to mr c they have a scene together like al pacino and robert de niro in heat or something like that (laughs) and they speak I would love at the double R, <laughs> yeah. Mr. C. They sit down, and double R, they, they, they sort it out. Yeah. They sort it out. That would be a fantastic scene. I would love that. I would love that. I would love or right, the other odds right. are, the odds are probably that they're going to go into some sort of Lodgian space and that there will be, it'll be like episode, you know, one or three. It'll be like a non, there'll be no words at all probably in a 20 minute scene where one of them comes out dead, dead right? Something like that. Yeah, but I like I, the I original, think... like, you know, season two at the end of season two. Like, there was a lot of 20 minutes of dead air going on for a while there, too. So I think that's probably the way, right? Yeah, but I don't It'll think... it just go straight artistic. It'll go straight Lynchian painter and no words necessary. Yeah, until, yeah. I, I, I tell Mark Frost to take a coffee break and he's... Like, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the very end. I think it's going to be... The whole be... time he's like, hey, uh, David, can I get, like, what's gonna, how's it going to end? He's like, it's in my head. So don't worry. I know how to end this. And like, there's no words, no dialogue. I can see uh, Mark Frost just being left out of the loop. What? Like, just go, or, yeah, Lynch just goes into his, like, thinking chamber, comes out and has the ending, and it doesn't, you can't really use words to describe it. Well, I think he's, That's what I'm hoping for. Well, I think An ending that you can't describe with words. That you and I will just be there just like, uh, trying to describe it. Episode, or part, uh, when we're covering part 18, you know, I would love to be speechless completely at the end. Well, I think we already had that part 8. It took us three hours <laughs> to kind of wrap our heads around that. Yeah, that's true. Um, one of the things I found interesting, another thing about Dougie, like all the clues that he was given from the Black Lodge, you know, um, are related to the Mitchum brothers, the Nepper and Belushi character. Like the the casino is their casino, right? So Mr. Jackpots, the case files, um, actually, you know, was uh, um, related to the the arson case that Duncan Todd just um, um, uh, mentioned to or Sizemore. Obviously, he he put Sizemore onto the Mitchum brothers, and also um, Ike the Spike, who was hired by Duncan Todd, but was also Duncan Todd's in the center of everything. Well, he is, but Todd is it's like, like, he's like Kaiser Sose. But why are these? <laughs> he is, and he just sits behind a desk. We, we, we yeah, haven't he's, seen he's, him stand up one time. Pie, yeah. But um, why is why are why is Cooper getting all of these clues and and from the Black Lodge, from the One Arm Man, or the Evolution of the Arm, or someone else? And why is it related to the Mitchum brothers and their casino and their you know their businesses? 
It just seems very, right. very, very strange. Yeah, once and, again, like uh, the Lodge is interested in Audrey Horn, you know, with the giant giving uh, Cooper orbs to find clues for Audrey. They're somehow interested in, the, in bringing the Mitchum brothers down. The Black Lodge. Yeah, but is that, I mean, it's got to be yeah. more to that because I think there's going to be a confrontation with the Mitchum brothers and Cooper and it's going to be related to the money that they want. I think that what they're going to want is their $30 million from the um, uh, their casino, which, which burned to the ground. And I think that they're more interested in getting their money than killing Cooper. Now, they might want to kill him anyways, but I think that that will be the, the kind of the, the summation, the climax of the, the Vegas storyline um, with the Mitchum brothers. Now... All that well, being that's good, said, I just want this storyline to end. That's it. It's not as interesting. It's not as <laughs> yeah. interesting as, as the other events. In I don't hate it, but I would prefer it to wrap up. I don't, but I, like I was saying with the, the Black Lodge, like helping Cooper, um, there's got to be more to it than just like, you know, this, this, you know, this insurance agent and this, this, this faulty claim, this false claim and millions of dollars. I mean, that just seems like another story another tv show altogether so i think it's got to fit in somehow and i'm called dougie love this is called dougie love well, isn't that his license plate yeah dougie love the, yeah the episode the show we called dougie love a spinoff and it's all about all these antics it could happen but i wish it would move on um but yeah you said we're gonna get what another couple episodes of this like three four how many how many more episodes of vegas are we gonna get you think well i think uh, we're gonna get uh two to three i think it'll maybe climax like by episode 13 because I really think that the Cooper that we know, whether he wakes up as Dougie or if there's something like I mentioned earlier earlier with him actually returning to the Lodge and exiting, I think will happen around episode 13 or 14. Um, and then the last four or five hours, I think, will spend primarily in Twin Peaks. Or it may not happen at all because, uh, you know, I've got a little inkling that maybe our Agent Cooper that we love so much may never really come back. And that, uh, I mean, they'll obviously leave... Vegas, but uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I'm wavering every week, though, I notice, so maybe maybe uh, maybe I'll think differently next uh, episode. What do, you, do you have any final thoughts for this? Uh, well, there's, I mean, there's so much more that I wanted to talk about, but just briefly, I don't think we're done with the Fat Trot trailer park. I think that... Uh, oh, no, I don't think so either. There's yeah. something definitely spiritual, but bad, too. It's like, why didn't Harry Dean, like, help him out? I thought well, he you know, I mean... He knocked on the door instead of calling the cops, stop beating up your wife. Well, that's another thing. Even though he was the only one that helped... The, the, the mother whose child died and all those bystanders, those horrible, well, not horrible, but those yeah, extras. Yeah, didn't help out Becky. Becky, beautiful Becky. Come on, dude. Yeah, but... Um, I, I, Snotting all know. over. Steven's a mad dog as well. Mad dog. Steve, mad dog. Steven and mad dog Dickie Hoare need to be locked in the same jail cell. Just like <laughs> if they did, would they pull a, a Bobby and Snake and start like barking like dogs? <laughs> <Right? laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good scene. So that's it? What else you got? Yeah, what else well, no, I just also think that, uh, you know, we're going to get, I really still believe that we're going to get the 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 mythical Judy. We're going to get Judy at some point. There's going to be, I think she still plays a huge role in the Jeffries narrative and, uh, and, and actually finding out about the ring that Dougie was wearing um, in uh, when we first saw him, because that right now it's possessed by the one armed man. And we know that played a, a, a prominent role in Firewalk with me. So that's why I think that like, be prepared. I think that I don't necessarily think it's going to be this episode, part 11, which subsequently right now, is actually, I believe, uh, being shown at the San Diego Comic Con. Oh yeah, right now, exactly. Right I now, I think I'm it's right now. Be on Twitter, yeah. I wonder if the. Well, no, no, no. I'm not gonna. Me. I'm not gonna go there. I'm gonna like you know, shut it down until Sunday night, and uh, I don't want any spoilers or anything like that. But um, so I, I think that 
maybe not this episode, but like after you know Bobby Truman and Hawk go to um, Jack Rabbit's palace, and when we hopefully have a scene at the site with Hastings and uh, and and Cooper, you know, waking up at some point because I I don't. I mean, I feel exactly like you do about like you know Cooper not returning to the Cooper that we know and love, but I still think we're going to get a close approximation of that, and I think that these events are somehow going to be tied together with him actually, you know, awakening at some point. But I don't think it's going to be this episode. I think we're going to have to wait a couple episodes. But um, yeah, that's other than that, I'm just excited. Um, obviously, it's, it's about 45 hours, 44 hours before we get to see it, and I'm going to turn off Twitter and Facebook as much as I can to try to like, uh, you know, not see any spoilers. One thing I did pick up was that he had a, a little video that he showed to the audience earlier, and he made a little OJ reference, and I was wondering if uh, maybe OJ in the Lodge? What do you think? <laughs> well, OJ's He's in the smart. news again, right? Didn't he get parole, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, you guys, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.